0: Hello and welcome to the Swim Brief. What an episode we have for you today. Really excited. We're going back, at least for one time, to a three person podcast. And that's because, well, the third person that uh, I'll introduce here in a second um, is the one who came up with the topic and then he demanded that uh, he be included. But first, as I am almost always joined by Joel Rawlings. How are you, Joel?
1: I'm great. And, and you know actually being before first should be don't we have a sponsor?
0: No, thank you. <laughs> this is this is the weekly moment where um yeah, where uh, you tell me to do a uh mention our sponsor. So the swim brief is it brought to you by Pro Swim Workouts, um, and this is very apropos for our topic today because um, I think a lot of people out there, right? You you get down to sitting around writing a workout, and you know you're just not really feeling it, and you're having trouble. Maybe if you're Trevor, you're going to go into Chat GPT and ask Chat GPT to come up with a workout for you, um, but you could also go to Pro Swim Workouts. And um, you can find inspiration there, solve a problem in a workout that you haven't yet. It's a great resource for that. It has org- sorry, It has sessions organized by type of team, developmental level, type of workout, equipment needed, and the course. So you can always find something that suits your needs. And more than anything, um, I love having them as a sponsor, Nico Messer. Uh, the man behind it has been a guest on this podcast. If you've been listening for a long time, you've probably heard him before. He's a coach um he's 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 into this stuff he's probably very into what we're going to be talking about today just an overall uh great guy and right now um swim brief listeners can get a discount on a pro swim workouts membership with code cd swim coach and if you do so you end up supporting this podcast and that's great because um i hope you guys like uh listening to this podcast uh we've we've grown in listenership a lot and um it'd be great if you could do that and support us as well. Now I'm going to try to introduce our second guest whose face appears to be totally frozen or he's just sitting perfectly like a statue. <laughs> From the West Coast, Trevor Gray. Trevor, are you there?
2: Chris, I am here. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's coming in loud and clear on my end. So we're we're all good over here.
0: Okay. Thank you for having Amazing. Me. Yeah, well, I you know, listen. I have you guys both on because we got to talk about the really important topic of the week, which is that I did a swim meet last Sunday and you guys are both helping me with my swimming. That's what we're going to talk about, right? My swim meet.
2: That's right. All about you,
0: Chris. That's what the listeners want to hear. You want to hear about my 50 breaststroke from my master's meet, you know, just like do a full breakdown. You ready, Joel?
1: Yeah. My yard. Let's go. Fired up. <laughs>
0: I love the I love the just resignation in your voice. No. Actually, we're going to we're here because and I referenced this in the ad read. Uh Trevor's been texting me for weeks, um sending me questions that he asked ChatGPT and he started to have the existential dread that in 4 years, um you know, this AI will uh replace a lot of what we do as a swim coach and so if you're similarly anxious to trevor and you listen to this podcast you're either i have no idea what everybody's about to say so you're either going to feel a lot better or you're going to feel a lot worse when you're done listening to it but trevor why don't you lead off tell me um what you've been doing playing around with uh ais and uh you know how close are we to uh living the plot of terminator
2: well, let's first define what chat GPT is first, because quite a few people still don't know about it. So
0: sure, I'm on Mash- including Mash- me.
2: I'm on Mashable here. Uh, Ch- ChatGPT B- chat GPT is an AI language model developed by the company open AI and is capable of generating human like text based on the input it's given. Um, it's trained on a large corpus of text data and can generate responses to questions summarize long text write stories and much more it's often used in conversation ai applications to simulate human like conversations with users and it came out in november or december of last year 2022. yep and so there if you just google there's thousands of articles already written about it and on one hand i saw a story someone put in, please write a story in the tone of the King James Bible on how I put a peanut butter sandwich in my VCR. And it was really funny. I'm like, okay, this is harmless, but then it's like um, copywriters are gonna lose jobs because why don't you just put the uh, text into chat GPT and that they can edit my story. And so a lot of people are worried that they're gonna lose their jobs. And then, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to try it. I'm going to write a swim workout, which I did this week. And hopefully none of my swimmers are going to listen to this. I don't think it'll be uploaded anytime soon, but. Oh, you delivered
0: that workout.
2: I'm going to, I'm doing it tonight. I got two workouts on the board, one generated by me and one generated by chat GPT. I'm going to see which one they choose.
0: And this is the one you sent me right in, in yeah. our text message.
2: I had to I had to modify my input my text into it a little bit to get what I wanted but on the fifth try or sixth try I'm like this is pretty good I'm gonna I'm gonna give them this workout see what happens
0: yeah and just remind for everybody like what was the prompt in the end that you ended up giving to this AI to get it to write so you my
2: team workout? needs some serious work on their underwater so I said let's write let's um, do a A 15-minute warm-up, 90-minute total workout with a 15-minute warm-up. Main set one, focusing on underwater dolphin kicking. Main set two, focusing on power and efficiency, or I wrote something like that. And a a five-minute cool-down. And I had to modify each keyword. Pretty, You got to be pretty specific. And then it pumped out a 90-minute set.
0: Yeah. And I've seen it like it's a legitimate swim workout. And if I'm not too lazy when I'm done recording this podcast, I will find a way to, uh, you know, attach a version of what, what I've seen, you know, like uh, that it spit back in this workout, but it does, it did spit out what looked like a legitimate swim workout. If you had told me it was written by a real person, I wouldn't have blinked an eye. Um, and I guess before I go to Joel, like, What's your basic premise here, Trevor? Are you are you actually worried that um, this, uh, this technology is going to displace swim coaches in some way?
2: That is one scenario. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen in four or five years, but 10 years? Maybe. We got cameras on pool deck. Let's just feed the camera into chat GPT. Let's feed it data like the aura ring here. So you could upload your, all the biometrics that my aura ring is taking, including heart rate variability and heart rate and body temperature and all those metrics. You upload how you actually did in the workout and it will spit out the perfect workout for you the next day based on your biometrics. And then you got cameras on the pool deck, upload that to ChatGPT or whatever version will be in the future. And it'll say, hey, you're crossing over on your right arm. Stop doing that. And where's the place for the coach then?
0: Hmm. All right, Joel, what do you think? Are you, do you have, are you filled with existential dread about robots, uh, replacing us?
1: I, uh, at first I was thinking four years is, um, would be too long. Uh, but then I, I figured like in about a week, if there's any money in swimming <laughs> next week, we'd have AI programs already hooked up to aura rings or Detroit and or whatever. <laughs> if there was money in it, we'd already be doing it. Well, it'll take four years, but as Trevor said, 10 years, it would be most swim coaches all of a sudden would get scientific data and be like, that's ridiculous. Because back in 1984, I did 1,8400 IMs all out on six minutes. So this is ridiculous. There's no way we'd do an easy workout like this. So that's why it would take 10 years, is basically for us dinosaurs like myself to die out so that real, real data could come in and fill in. The the, the trouble I I think, and I've I've heard people talking about AI just for like with writing and things, and the problem is, is there's already racism, you know, generated within AI. There's already gender bias already within it. And so it's going to keep on perpetuating that. And and so what I was thinking in regards to like swim coaching, because if we're just talking raw numbers, it'd be really easy to start to compile all the workouts that are done. And the problem with that would be bias that's already been incorporated into workouts, um, from, from coaches in the past, but eventually that would write itself, you know, as more data is accumulated, those, those data points become, you know, extraneous, they get, they get weeded out. And so you start to find those things, but again, you, you bring in whatever it is, like your whoop band, your aura wear, whatever it is, and it's going to be able to calculate again, your readiness to be able to go. It can give you probably instant time feedback. If that goes right back into the computer, again, you can Basically, start to determine just with a couple simple questions. Like a athlete gets to practice, they answer like a ten question set that'll kind of determine their emotional readiness. It'll determine their their physical readiness, and then you get in, you go. You can measure heart rates, everything right there, real time data, and you could actually not just have a workout ready, but a workout that would actually change the moment they step on the the pool deck. So I think I think the coach's job is going to be more of Kind of what it should be. Like you're you're a cheerleader. You're there just to welcome the kid in and you know let him feel comfortable. You know have something to kind of talk to. But we're more going to need a lot more sports psychology and psychology and positive psychology courses than physiology courses because that that's all stuff that really is pretty easy. Because if you look at, I remember when I first started writing workouts, USA Swimming had their progression thing. Or like Dr. Sokolovas came in. He's like, let's go like this many yards of aerobic, this kind of interval. Okay. 10, 100s, rest 10 seconds after each, I can figure that out. Uh, and so I, I think, again, the individualization will be nice because as we've set up the economic structure for swimming is we have to have a team of 50 with one coach anyway to get a, a paycheck. Might as well individualize it with a computer.
0: Well, I, I, I've heard both you guys, and I have to say from the outset, I, for one, welcome our future robot overlords. <laughs> okay um mainly because again if you've been listening to the ad copy from this practice probably my least favorite part of coaching is coming up with what to do at practice so um trevor if you're telling me we're only you know moments away from a ai being able to make really good practices for me i am i am thrilled i am really excited And I guess that's a segue for me to say, make a couple of points about my basic view of this technology. And one is, I think you guys both hit this on the head that, you know, this technology is really like the most optimistic view is it's going to be a huge asset to coaches. Like the, 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 the scenarios that you both played out, I know they can be anxiety inducing for a lot of people that like, oh, my gosh, like you know, is all this judgment going to be taken out of my hands? Or maybe an AI is going to actually help you extend your ability to process the giant amounts of data that might be available to you as a coach in the future, right? Like there we can only process so much of that data on our own. And I think it's a big challenge right now, even like if you look at some of these um heavily sort of data-infused uh, coaching models, whether it be you know some of that stuff that came out of Eastern Europe, the um, super system coaching, that that race pace stuff, USRPT. Probably one of the biggest challenges is just handling all that data and making a judgment about what to do next. And then when you expand it to something like you know like like you said, like an aura ring, like a device that's going to be tracking all sorts of bio data while you're competing. Well, like if you don't, if you didn't basically have a a some form of intelligence, some form of computer to help you process all that stuff. You'd be totally, totally, hopelessly lost. You would never, ever actually coach as a coach while you're trying to process all that stuff in the background. So, one really optimistic way to view it is we could be um, looking at a future where you know we get a lot of help. And then the last piece of this, and I think you hinted at this as well, Joel, which is why I, I, I guess I'm, for the most part, just feeling really optimistic about this. Is I do think when I look at applications like this, and and of course you say like, um, it it's looking like closer and closer that it could, for instance, write a swim practice, and maybe somewhere in the near future it could, you know, take in some of this data about how somebody's doing and write the ideal swim practice. You know, I, I I don't think that that is as much of a limiting factor on how people do in swimming right now as maybe some of us imagine it is. Like, I, I often think about a lot of these, again, the, the Eastern European-based um, super systems coached by numbers is sort of um, one of the ways I've heard it described, or USRPT. Like, a lot of these training systems, they're excellent on paper. They are really ideal training. And if you sort of follow them right, it can be like, it can be pretty close to the ideal thing for a person to do. But it's one thing to have ideal training on paper, and it's a completely different skill to get somebody to do it. Like the, the, the problem that we have in a lot of coaching situations is not that we don't know what to do. It's that we can't figure out how to motivate human beings to do what's best for them in a lot of situations. So, you know, coaches at their core, I think if you, hopefully if you think about yourself, um, you're looking at your most important skill. And I would say it's not your knowledge of training or how to write the perfect practice. It's actually your ability to get people to do the thing that would be best for them in a situation. And I think this model, like this AI, as far as I've can see from every piece of, um, breathless coverage I've seen in it recent, it's nowhere near replacing some of that and, and some of the, um, psychosocial emotional, um, pieces of coaching. So I say, bring it on. I I can't wait.
2: Okay. I'll go back to Trevor now. What about those coaches who don't have any, psychological skills or motivational skills and they are great at writing practice what do like some coaches are going to have to adapt right
0: do you really think there's a lot of people like that out there though like i i think we're like imagining like a a, it's an unrealistic scenario and maybe i'm maybe this is where i um am much less cynical than i um than I maintain. Joel Joel teases me about this all the time. Maybe this is where you're I'm a closet I'm,
1: optimist and you're just
0: a Yeah, the where I'm a closet optimist. But I just don't think that there's a lot of coaches out there that are just like kind of robots that, you know, they're the whole basis of why they're good is because they make good workouts.
2: I don't know. I think your position of bias from your training makes it e- easier to say that. Yeah, because you have all the skills, you have all the tools to do these things, and most coaches do not. I mean, this is why you're selling product to bring us up to your level, so to speak.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for the free plug for my stuff. I I guess I would I uh, I would say I will I will admit this piece, and that is I have people who listen to this podcast have heard me say a lot of times, like I do think that broadly, if you look at the collective knowledge of coaches, I think that because we have focused on it really hard and we have spent a lot of time discussing it, we've just spent a lot of collective brain power. Swimming as a sport overall is actually pretty advanced in the way that we design training. Like the collective knowledge level is pretty high. And I know there's people listening to that going like, yeah, tell that to my, you know, club coach who's still making me do 18, 400 IMs because in 1986, as Joel said it, you know, um, Billy Billy Conlin made junior nationals doing that, and by God, you're going to do it too, you know. Like I, I know, but I I would say the, even those practices are a lot closer to the ideal than than we probably want to admit. So I don't know. I think that maybe if that this forces some of that adaptation, I think that would be a great thing for swimming. Again, I've twisted it back into a, into a, a positive. Um, Joel you're welcome to jump in and and completely um shit on my parade if you want to but
1: <laughs> um, I, I, what I was thinking is um- gro- growing up in the, in the tundra like i did there, there's a lot of areas out there where, where there's very good athletes and very good uh athletes that want to swim and and they don't have access to a coach like that you know again like we always hear stories of, like Dagny Canoos and all the things that she would do just to be able to swim and also you you can get a lot of like basically expert, uh, you know, training, expert, you know, physiology, expert, everything online and at a cheap rate. I mean, if we're able to sit here like being weekend warriors with an aura a ring or a whoop band, imagine what someone with a you know, national caliber athlete, it's not going to have to like leave home to, to go somewhere else to train now. They, they, can, they can train at home. They can get what they need. And I think part of the motivation come, will also be in that, um, well, obviously, I don't want to rule everything out of you know, personal interaction, but part of motivation is like this is exactly what you need. The, the, you know, it's, it's scientifically backed. This is this is, and so there's that belief versus sometimes where it's like, you know, why are we doing this? Like, you you, want, you really want to look it up? You know, just hit that blue link, and you have got like 18 different references to the scientific articles as to why this set is going to be beneficial. And so for some kids, that's highly motivating. The kids that are not going to be motivated by that. Yeah, they probably aren't going to be motivated by a lot of things other than their mom dropping them off. And, you know, that's about it. And, and so we all have those kids. But those really high-end kids, it would be nice, again, that they have that option. Or if, you know, we hear all the time, like, high school teams where they couldn't find a coach. Here's someone, basically, you just, you just need someone that's going to be a, a good person, just kind of in there and, and help to organize things and structure the lanes so that people can do it. I, I mean, the biggest thing I've seen for writing workouts is that you're overwhelmed by the numbers and you only have six lanes. And so now you've got to basically like, uh, I've used the analogy before, it'd be like if you're buying t-shirts for the team, everyone gets a medium because then eh, maybe it's going to fit more people than not. And so when you have six lanes, you yeah. have a max of like what, six training <laughs> structures set up. And so that that's always been the limiting factor is the facility. And so if all of a sudden, someone's able to do some training on their own or with a partner or something like that, I think it opens up a lot of... Um, a lot of options. So now I'm I'm being the optimist on that end, I guess. Um, but I, I definitely think it, it, it can open things up just as much as, um, you know, do some negative.
2: <laughs> okay, well, what are some of the negatives? Because I'm actually with you guys, and I think this will make coaching a lot easier, and that we will be able to focus our efforts and our skill sets in other areas of improving these swimmers, besides just writing a detailed workout that'll take sometimes an hour or so and you could be using that time elsewhere. So what are some of the negatives of
0: this? I got one right away that I did just came up as I was going all the cuz we're all like we're all like tunnel visioning on the coach and the athletes. Okay, how about this? Um this 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 information is going to be accessible pretty much to everybody. So I want you to imagine the most involved parent of the of a swimmer that you've ever coached that is going to now be all over you going this is what the ai spit out as the perfect workout and why aren't you you know, having my kid do this you know because you may like you're probably still going to end up in scenarios where you go like yes i know like i know that you know chat gpt tells me that this is the ideal workout for today but like i'm going to use my judgment in this instance because i'm still a human being and you know um i just think like kid, kid had a tough day today and i'm, I'm not gonna push him that hard or i don't know like you know what the scenario is but it doesn't matter you're gonna have moments where you use your judgment and you're gonna have some somebody on the other end being like well but like look this you know the ai said you should do this workout why aren't you doing it what's wrong with you uh
1: when, like, what's uh, your problem it would be like from just from the athlete's perspective so you kind of talked about the parent over involvement but from the athlete um like especially like i was thinking like some of these pro pro swimmers it'd be so nice to be able to have this kind of data available but like one thing i've seen is um like i, I had one of those whoop bands for a little while is i started kind of like leaving kind of my uh, relying more on what the what the what the band was telling me than what i was kind of telling myself which is a good thing you know obviously to prevent overtraining but it was kind of like you know, I was going off of that to kind of gauge how hard I was working rather than kind of that internal, like this is hard, uh, you know, in like kind of staying within that moment of, of what fatigue level is and things. And so it started becoming more of an external, I don't really know how to, to phrase it in such a way, but it's like, I started relying on that more for like my ability. It's like I see, it says, you know, not enough sleep, not really going to get a great workout. And so my mindset already going in was it's not gonna be a great workout. And so, uh, you know, as a parent, you're like, this is my workout. I've got one hour right now. That's it. And so it started being kind of like a a limiting factor in some regards too, because I was, I already had that excuse of like, well, it wasn't going to be a great workout anyway. And so even though like my hundred percent was only going to be like a 50% max anything, it was like, I was like already going at 98% to give that 50%. It's, it's, I think you can, you focus so much on the extraneous that you kind of lose kind of the whole thing about sport of being that internal, not not like psychological motivation but internal like you know feelings that that you have of understanding your pace understanding things you're always like i see triathletes all the time in pools where they're like you know before they even get a breath already like hitting their 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 pace you know when i go exactly versus the kind of the old school thing of like you just kind of develop that feel for a pace and that uh, i thought was kind of a a cool thing about the sport is that you start to go okay i know what 00 feels like, I know what a 58 feels like or whatever versus I've got to look at this watch. And so the same with the heart rate, I kind of know I'm like at a 180 heart rate. Oh, my watch says I'm 176, you know? And and so I, I I think it might, again, I'm just kind of, I'm all for it, but I'm kind of grasping at like some of the possible negatives down the road.
0: I think there's a great point there that like no no system is infallible, right? And so as much as we may have something that is you know processing more data and giving us a more educated guess than we've ever gotten it it's not gonna be spitting out certitudes about exactly what you should do so you can become over reliant on it right because if you if you go like well this is this is this thing is you know i don't know you're you're gonna come up with some percentage in your mind it's right 90 percent of the time but you're probably you might get into a situation where you just trust it 100% 100% of the time and 10% of the time you're dead wrong, right? And that that has a lot of problems with it, right? That will bring up issues for you as you're going forward. It may be an improvement because just relying on your own judgment to process all sorts of information about what to do next may be way less accurate than 90%, right? <laughs> that's for, that's probably true for most of us, but it still has its own limitations. What do you say, Trevor?
2: Well, what I'm hearing here is that you will always need human to human interaction and that no AI, no matter how advanced in 50, hundred years can ever replace the human interaction. Because remember the lesson from the movie Gattaca with Ethan Hawking <laughs> and Mac Thurman, your DNA I never saw that can, you don't leave oh, your hairs it. around. Yeah. Don't leave <laughs> is that,
1: oh, that's di- going to this. Okay. Sorry. My bad. The
2: moral of the story is your DNA cannot dictate what you can and can't do. And it's that right. human spirit which will dictate, and that human drive and motivation which will dictate what you can and can't do. And until, I mean, I'm sure maybe AI can inter, interact with, and interface with that somehow. But until then, when we say, "Hey, you know what? AI does say this workout, but you know what? Let's go ahead and do ten four hundred ims today," because the AI notice that the AI algorithm did not pump out ten four hundred ims on my. On my uh, generated set here, why why not? So it it will yeah. take us to intervene, and in fact, Joel, it, um, OpenAI does say that. Say, hey, this system is not perfect, mm-hmm. is not meant to replace humans, and we still need that human interaction in order to uh, make this work fully.
1: And if you read the sentence a little farther, then in parentheses, it's yet.
2: Just, just <laughs> yeah, they right. say that. Mm-hmm. Your, your
1: time, your time is about to come. I, I was also yeah. thinking one of the limitations or not limitations is, is kind of like what Trevor's and you, and you uh, were saying, Chris, is the idea of the social interaction and accountability. I mean, you look at like the propagation of like CrossFit and all these other things, you know, whatever version of fight club people are going off to, you know, after they're done dropping their kids off in soccer, you, you need accountability. You know, you, you need that kind of group where you feel more accountable to it, to getting, to, you know, and I think, again, if all you're doing is relying on yourself And whatever the the computer generated is doing, it's not enough accountability. I mean, there's one in a million might be able to use that. But the majority of people that are trying to get better at the sport, you know, obviously, especially, you know, there's going to be days where you just just need something to kind of push you a little bit more to get there or or especially at the beginning stages. And I I think that's also, I think, as a caveat, we're we're talking about more of like the higher end athletes here for AI, not so much like. Eight and under swimming. I mean, that's that's a whole different animal as far as what what they should be getting out of out of the sport and out of you know a swim practice. I
0: I did just imagine a really funny scenario. That's why I'm I'm grinning over here as you guys as we keep on using the example of repeat 400 ims as the coach the the workout the coach would come up with instead of the AI. But what if like the AI just started going, actually, the way to be fastest at swimming is to do as many repeat 400 IMs as you can possibly do. Like how crestfallen, everybody would be like, oh, we finally achieved the singularity with workouts. And um, guess what? We're all just doing 400 IMs, as many as you can, every day, as often as you can.
2: (laughs) And then the AI ends with work works. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. The, the, yeah, the AI starts taunting you. Like you go like, no more 400 IMs. He goes, hashtag #work, work works. And then it just shows you a picture of a cackling Mike Murray <laughs> on the other side.
1: I was also thinking like part of what it could be like, we've talked about just the internal physiology that can obviously be uh, referenced quickly by, by a computer upload, but also I was kind of reading that uh swimming world article about like uh, mathematics in, in Virginia uh, swimming, how they're bringing in a lot more things where they can kind of measure drag um, based off of the body lines and things like that. And so again, just having instant velocity access. And again, it's it's one of those things where it's becoming cheaper and cheaper to be able to get something like that. Those are so many things that you can add into this. It really has unlimited potential. Uh, I, like, I think to summarize kind of what we've been talking about, the limiting potential is again, that, that need for some h- human interaction, the, the need for accountability, the need for you know, someone like the, the pep talk, the motivation and things like that. But I think, again, I guess when I'm trying to pretend to be the optimist that Chris really is down deep, is, is that idea that the coach is actually going to kind of be elevated to a much higher thing because it's not about just the training. It's going to be about the motivation. It's about creating that environment that people want to be a part of, that, the, the, you know, the accountability. So all those higher level things that we, we kind of, hold is like you know when you think back to your favorite coach your favorite instructor your favorite teacher those ideals that we start to see more of um because again i remember in the 80s there was a there would be a handful of coaches that would would preach about how they've got the workout they've got the taper this is what's going to be magic you need to come with me and kind of create their own little cult of a swim team versus everyone has the training everyone has this what we need is someone that's going to be able to uh, you know, get us to want to be here. Get us to want to achieve more. Get us to want to, you know. Again, when you boil swimming down, it's it's a it's a pretty uh, pretty funny sport. You know, just a bunch of people trying not to drown faster than everyone else trying not to drown. <laughs> you know, I, I, I like to step back and look at the absurdity of swimming every now and then, and I think it helps kind of balance things out. And I think, again, someone that can make that worthwhile, whatever their goal is to pursue and to chase after. You know those coaches, I I think, are going to become more and more valuable uh, versus the one who can. I I wrote this set for this person back in '88. Obviously, this will work for you now, kind of a coach.
0: Yeah, I think the the scenario, like the the, sorry, the optimistic scenario you keep painting. Like, I'm I'm so I would be so excited to live in a world where an AI would figure out roughly like what kind of workouts people should be administering, and then you know, lots of high school teams just. Hired some guy who, or, or woman, you know, who was really good at interacting with kids and kids were looking forward to seeing and it created a nice environment for them to do the practice in. Like, gosh, that would be so good for the sport of swimming if that was the case, you know, like if you sort of eliminated this, um, barrier for entry into swim coaching that was like, well, you must learn, you know, the deep magic that, um, Dick Schulberg first administered in 1968. And then when you, you know, when you master that, then you will be given, you know, the Jedi robe and you can walk on the pool deck and administer these workouts. Like, um, to eliminate that barrier of entry, I mean, I've always talked a lot about this on this podcast about uh, Dirk Marshall and bridge bats um, down in Houston, Texas. And I thought one of the most brilliant things he did was essentially... He would hire people all the time to coach swimming on his team that had never coached, like never swam and never coached a swim practice before. And he would hire them as coaches on his team because he said, like, my number one qualification is, can you, like, can you create a positive environment for kids? And if you can do that, I can teach you all the rest. Like, I I I, I you just stand next to me on the pool deck. I'll get you up to speed on, like, what the workout should look like. But so many so often, like we're doing it in the other direction, right, where we're 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 deciding, like, we need somebody who really knows swimming, who knows, you know, the, the oh. technique, knows the, how to write the workout. And then we'll figure out if, you know, anybody can stand to be around them later. Or That'll I, be the met, secondary I made consideration. the Olympic
2: team. Therefore, I could coach. So hire me.
0: Right, uh, when- yeah. Trevor's bitter about that because he was so close to making the <laughs> Olympic team, but but like he can't say that, you know. So it's really it's hurting him coaching wise. Uh, he was a lot faster uh, than Joel. in
1: a small town is the same thing. There wasn't going to be a swimming professional. Or there weren't even going to be former swimmers around there. They moved away, and so the best hires I ever had was a, a woman that uh, coached or not coached. She, she taught uh, elementary school physical education. It was the best coach I ever had, and right. when I. I think about with ai is is like i said earlier is is there's gonna be bias intrinsic in in ai um but there's obviously there's bias in every one of us you know especially like when you're under the gun like you've got parents upset about something you've got a kid who's you know locked himself in the bathroom whatever it might be everything else that starts you know you're spinning all these plates you're gonna you're gonna go back to your bias like uh let's just i need to set i need to kick set 1050s, whatever it is you're going to spit out whatever your your own bias is too. You're going to reference back to your own. And so, again, having a, just even at the very base level of having a catalog available of different things to be able to do. Because um, I, anytime I listen to podcasts, I'm always like, I, I, I'm the one coach that doesn't want to hear the swim sets because I'm like, I can write a swim set. I want to deal with how to deal with these crises and these parents and these things that come up because those are the things that aren't in a textbook. You know, And those are, are the things that aren't going to be in a, in an AI program, it's, it's again, handling crisis, s- spinning plates and smiling the whole time. Cause you know, y- y- you, just, you gotta make sure like, stay calm. All's fine. We're okay here kind of thing. And um, right. yeah, I-, I, definitely think that again, it's, it's your ability to communicate is obviously going to be the key for everything. And having a background like this is going to be even better because it's going to help us get beyond our own biases and what worked for us. It's like we lose a level of empathy, I think, based on that, because it's like, well, I I really did this well. Much like the old adage that if you have a college team of men, they like go in the weight room, do whatever you want. Everyone's lined up behind the bench press. You know, it's again, it's like everyone's going to go with what they want or what they feel work for them. And no one's going to be doing lower abs.
0: Right. Right. Um, all right. I think we've we've talked a lot of this through. I'm going to give uh, Trevor the, the, the final word, and then I'm going to bring us uh, to the finish of this. Trevor, you got any last thoughts about AI and, and, well, and swimming and coaching?
2: My takeaway is that the human element will become even more important, right. and it should allow us – this t- new tool should allow us to – um, not have to spend so much time writing workouts and instead working on our ability to connect with humans and motivate them. That's what, it, that's my takeaway yeah.
0: here. Yeah. But hopefully we will use this new tool for good. Although we have a lot of recent history of developing new tools and f- using them somehow to torture ourselves, you know, like... <laughs> I'm immediately thinking of that, you know, in terms of smartphones, we're like, oh, look, we, you know, we we put all of human knowledge in a handheld device and uh, we use it to make ourselves miserable all day. But, hey, everything will be fine. Just listen to the rest of this podcast. Don't listen to that last little snippy comment that I made. Okay, Um, I want to say thank you to everybody for listening. I want to say also, um, as referenced in this podcast, um, I uh, I on Monday, I started advertising. My first ever online course in positive psychology for coaches. Um, already had some people sign up. It's been awesome. Um, there is limited space for that. Uh, the course starts in in March. Uh, I've discounted it to two hundred and ten dollars. If you go to Chris D. Coach, uh, my website, you'll see positive psychology uh education uh, as a tab on the top menu you can navigate right there you can read all about the course you can check my social medias uh instagram christy underscore coach facebook facebook uh chris sorry cd swim coaching um and uh you'll you'll read all about it there you'll get plenty of information it'll be in line with a lot of the stuff we discuss on this podcast but it's um, something i've been working on for a long time i'm really proud i'm really excited to do it um, and, and thank you to everybody that's, uh, that's shown interest, uh, so far. Pro swim workouts, CD swim coach is the promo code. Um, as, uh, as AI is not quite ready to help us write workouts, why don't you rely on some workouts written by other people that have uploaded them, submitted them, and given you information to put it into the context. Um, that uh you are using. And I'm very curious to hear from Nico Messer too, because um he's actually got a computer science background. So he probably knows more about this topic than than all three of us combined. Um and I know he listens to all these. So Nico, maybe you're maybe you're my guest next week, um depending on how much you have to say about this. Thank you to everybody for listening. Uh this uh this podcast is uploaded to a Spotify Apple Podcast. It's also on YouTube, yes, I know the YouTube presentation is not very dynamic. It's just three talking heads, but um, it does give you the opportunity to interact. And we always love when people interact, except when um, except when they're Romanian and they're mad at Joel. Then then we don't. But um, thank you to everybody. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you, Joel. And uh, I'll talk to you guys again in a week.
2: Thank you.